Good morning. It is so wonderful to see you here this morning. Let's all stand up and worship together. Well, today I found myself after searching all these years, and the man that I saw wasn't at all who I thought he'd be. I was lost when you found me here, and I was broken beyond repair. Then you came along and you sang your song over me. Feels like I'm born again. Feels like I'm living for the very first time. For the very first time.
bow your heads and pray with me, please? Dear Lord, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the sunshine and the birds that are singing, Lord, and we thank you for every person that is in this room worshiping with us during this hour. Lord, help us to open our hearts and to open our minds and to open our spirits to you, Lord. Help us to receive you and receive your word this morning and just glorify you with praise and thanksgiving. In your name I pray. Amen. You stood before creation Eternity in your hand You spoke the earth into motion My soul now to stand You stood before my failure Carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulders. My soul now to stay. So what can I say? What could I do? Offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So I walk upon salvation, your spirit alive in me. This life to declare. What can I say? What could I do? But offer this heart, oh God, we need you. So what can I say? Surrendered all I am is your 
What could I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely to It is okay to turn to your neighbor and say, help me with a name, because I don't remember anybody's name either. <laughs> Greet those near you. The children's sermon. There we go. How are you guys today? All right, there's a lot of people out there. I'm not going to look at them. I'm just going to look at you guys. Make me nervous. All right, what do I have here today? Balloons. How do balloons make you feel? Morgan, how do they make you feel? Good. Yeah, the balloons always make you feel special and happy. We see them at birthday parties. We see them at when someone's getting ready to have a baby. They make us smile when we see them. Now, what are some things we like to do with balloons? We like to hit them. Yeah, that's always a lot of fun. You and I like to pop them when they fall down. Yeah. You know what I like to do? I like to suck the helium out and then make squeaky noises. That's my favorite thing to do. But anyhow, so they're a lot of fun. And we feel very happy until it pops or it floats away up into the big blue yonder in the sky. Well, do you know we're kind of like balloons sometimes? Did you know that? No. We get all puffed up and we feel very important about ourselves. We, are think, we think we might be great at something. So we expect everyone else to think we're great as well. Now, I need someone to help me this morning to blow up a balloon. And there's one person that came to mind that's full of hot air, Mr. Mitch here, and he's going to help us out. All right. Anywhere you, where the kids can see you. Yep. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, sometimes we think that we are good-looking or cute. Sometimes we might think we're smart as Einstein or Bill Clute. You know, we just don't know. Um, sometimes we think we're really good at sports. And maybe we think we're a great singer. And sometimes we think we're just the funniest person out there, which Pastor Holt doesn't have to worry about at all. But sooner or later, if we keep feeling puffed up like a balloon on our own greatness, we will burst. Go right ahead or let it float. We got one coming too. Let's see what happens. Go. Woo! There we go. There's a burst one. 
Well, that one's getting pretty big. Go, go pop it. Go pop. Oh, there we go. All right. So that could happen to us now. All right, let's get back focus. Now, Jesus warned us in the Bible that this could happen. The Bible teaches us if we are too proud and think we're great all by ourselves, we will fall or we will pop like that balloon. But Jesus wants us to be humble and realize that it is God who gives us these talents. So we will gain our honor in heaven when we go there. So when you see a balloon, I hope it will remind you that we should not get all puffed up thinking we're the best because who gives us special talents that makes us special? God. So we need to give that, give him thanks for doing that. All right, so let's pray this morning. Jesus, help us to not become puffed up with our own importance. Remind us that whatever abilities we have are a gift from you, and you alone are the one who deserves the praise. Amen. I didn't have anything pink, so Penny kindly decorated me. <laughs> Caroline says they look like wings. I don't know that I can handle that. <laughs> um, we're going to do a little different order than your bulletin this morning, mainly because uh, the right Reverend Andy Watson has to get up the road to those natives of Slater to, uh, to continue his work of ministry up there. So we'll rearrange things a little bit. And we'll have our announcements in a few minutes, but let me just at this point say a word of welcome to all of you. Glad that you're here. I see about 12 or 13 empty seats on the first three or four rows over here if your back gets tired sitting over there. And there's some other scattered seats around. I know nobody wants to sit on the front row, but there are some seats uh, if you so need to, to have more comfortable seating. Um, if you have a prayer concern for today, we will have a prayer time a little later in our service, and so I want to give you an opportunity now to uh, write a prayer concern on, a, on an index card, and we'll collect those from you in a little while. If you'll let us know that you need a prayer uh, a request card, um, raise your hand and we'll give you one, and if then you'll put um, something down in writing that I can repeat, that you're comfortable with me doing that. Uh, we will share your prayer concern uh, among all of us, and we will be joining you in prayer. Somebody uh, made the uh, statement that uh, I was a children's sermon uh, a moment ago talked about being as smart as Bill Clute, uh, who built his own airplane recently. Bill, I'm going to call on you to come on now, if you will. And I uh, hope we're in order, Andy. <laughs> but Bill has a word to bring to us regarding our, our upcoming uh, stewardship emphasis program. And uh, he is our chairperson of the finance committee, and we're glad to have him here. Morning. This morning is the... Uh, first week of our annual stewardship drive. Um, so I'm going to go over some things, um, what's going to be coming in the next few weeks. 
in each service in the next few weeks, we're going to have a member of the congregation come forward and give a few moments of what stewardship means to them and how they may have been affected by it on November 20th, which will be our last day of the stewardship drive, our commitment Sunday. We'll have Reverend Susan Leonard Ray speaking to us. Many of you are very familiar with her. She grew up in this church and now serves as the uh, district superintendent of the Anderson District. That'll be at 10 o'clock in the sanctuary. It'll be a joint service, just one service that day, and we will make our commitments on that day. Afterwards, we'll have a catered meal, which will be right in here. Now, in planning on that, we have reservation cards for that meal that the ushers are passing out now. So if you would fill it out, mark how many in your family will be attending that meal. If you don't know this morning, that's fine. We'll be passing out these reservation cards each week leading up to November 20th. We have many new people who may not understand where the money goes when you put it in the offering plate and a different task we have here to fund. So I'm going to try to cover that this morning. We have two main funds that we contribute to, the general budget fund and the building fund. And then additionally, we have special offerings at times and memorials. The general budget fund is divided up by the various um, committees that we have throughout the church. You can see in this pie chart how it's broken up. Uh, each committee presents to the finance committee uh, what they think they're going to need for each year. And you can see the division right there. A little more detail on this. You can see staff parish covers pretty much the staff, the salaries, things like that, trustees, maintenance of the buildings. We have a lot of building to, to maintain around here. Um, Council on Ministries has to do with the education of the church. Um, we have apportionments. United Methodist Church is a connected church. Every United Methodist Church you see around, we're all connected to them. A, a portion of what we give goes into what they call apportionments. It's money that goes to the South Carolina Conference and to the General Conference, um, and we support each other through that. Our second fund is the building fund. If, if you look at your offering envelope, you'll see these described on here. You see the general fund and the building fund and special um, offerings. On the building fund, we have a 10-year loan for $825,000. This loan is to pay off renovations and improvements that were done on the church already. Our current goal is to pay off this loan in 10 years. All money directed to the building fund goes towards paying this off. This is the only real debt the church has right now, and we'd like to pay it off. Now, in the upcoming weeks, we ask that you pray about your commitment. On November 20th, you'll be writing what you think you can give to the church in 2012. This is your commitment to God. It's not something that the church will be holding you up to. We're not going to be looking at it and saying, you haven't given what we expected by now. It's between you and God. But we need to know, just for planning purposes, what you expect to give. Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We appreciate Bill's leadership for these last few years as chairperson of our finance committee and thank him for this presentation today. 
We will at this time go ahead and receive our morning offering um, so that uh, uh, we will ask our praise band to reassemble and ask our ushers to help us as we worship God by giving. For the joy comes 
in the morning and with praise I start this day it doesn't matter where my life is headed I'm right where I need to be in the presence of your glory I'm down on bended knees You have brought me this far You're not finished with me yet I know there is more And your words I won't forget All I want to be Is in the center of your will To the Lord I cried aloud And he answered from his own answered from his holy I've got our projection it's all turned around this morning because I'm doing things very different than we planned. <laughs> Sorry about that Stephen you're doing great. I want to make uh, some announcements for you now. Uh, we want to especially remind our children that uh, we will not be having our usual Sunday night activities of Mission Kids Choir and Bible Study but we hope that you'll be here anyway at five o'clock for our annual Halloween Carnival and Trunk or Treat which starts at 5 p.m. in our Family Life Center. Join us for fun games, for hot dog supper, hayride, mm -hmm, and much more. Everyone planning to decorate a trunk for the trunk or treat part of the night should plan to be set up by about 6.15 p.m. Thank you. We also invite you to join us on Wednesday night, November the 2nd, for the monthly first Wednesday supper at 5.30 in the social hall. The menu for this week is chicken and dressing casserole, green beans, rolls, tea, and dessert. There will be some activities for the children after dinner. Please watch for our Family Life and Volunteer Request Survey to hit the church website November 1st. And all the adult Sunday school classes early in November, we need uh, your help as we wrap up 2011 and look ahead to 2012. We are excited to hear your feedback. Stay tuned for more details soon. Finally, you're invited to join us in supporting the international mission of Operation Christmas, Christmas Child. Look for additional information on the table outside the Family Life Center or in the Sunday School rooms. Uh, talk with Katie Jeter or Joy Hudson with questions or if you need additional information, we will collect from now until Sunday, November the 20th, and we thank you for this missional help. We have a couple of folks coming to make uh, an announcement this time. One of them is David Owens, and uh, who was the other one? Uh, Dr. Hudson, I think. Uh, Joy, if you want to come too. Good morning. This must be begging Sunday, so that's, that's why I'm here. Uh, for over 20 years, the, this church has supported the Foundations class in supplying and furnishing 
Thanksgiving baskets to needy families. 20 years, uh, longer than that. What we do is we ensure that the Sunday before Thanksgiving that families in the community will have a Thanksgiving meal. And what that consists of is a box with turkey or ham or all the vegetables, all the fixings and things that, that, that will provide a meal for, for that family. So we have reached out this year, or every year, but this year the schools that we usually go through have reached out to us beforehand. They, with, the, with the trying times and the economy the way it is and people without jobs, they have basically, Deanne Lewis is heading this up and she, they have basically contacted her to get their name on the list. In years past, we've gone anywhere from 60 to 80, even 100 boxes that we've supplied and delivered through the years. And with your support, we're, we're going to do as many as we can this year. So if you will, it's in the, it's, it's in the bulletin for $25, you can supply a box. So we would ask for your help with that. And then on November the 20th, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we'll uh, assemble here around 2 o'clock. And we'll need your help, if you're willing, to go out and uh, David Mayberry does the routing for us. And it's a sheet, it just tells you where to go. And um, we deliver those boxes. Usually it's four or five per route or something like that. But, but we would, we desperately need your help this year and uh, you have in the past. So thank you in advance. Uh, this being a Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I just wanted to bring up Relay for Life. There will be a team meeting, a recruiting meeting in two weeks, November 13th at four o'clock in the social hall. Uh, just to, to get started, anyone who wants to sign up or even learn what Relay for Life is about. Relay for Life won't be until the spring, but I wanted to get the meetings and a, a team captain chosen before the holidays. Uh, so remember that date, the announcement will be in the bulletin. If your prayer cards are ready, if you hold them up, we will do what? Stephen. Basketball sign-ups are due today. Okay, thank you. On the website, www.greerchurch.com. If your prayer card is ready, if you hold it up, we will collect them now. These fifth Sunday gatherings, um, your Council on Ministries uh, came up with the idea of getting us all together because... Um, one of the things we don't want to have happen at Memorial United Methodist Church is for us to have, um, you know, two separate congregations that never see each other. We are one church. So it's just really good that occasionally we get to be together to, um, to see who those people are that we've never met because a lot of folks have joined our church, thank you, at the different services. Um, we know that for some of you, uh, a change in your usual worship service style is putting you out of your com comfort zone. But uh, we, we think that even more important is the opportunity for you to see one another and renew some friendships and see that you both are still coming to the same church. You just don't have as many occasions, perhaps, to be together. So we hope you will um, uh, be with us on these fifth Sundays so we might uh, celebrate these times together. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day that we might all be together and that we might offer you our praise in some new and familiar ways. We're thankful for all these that have come, 
And these are our special prayers for this day. Lord, we pray for the youth mission team for this coming summer. We pray also that those who are searching for something will turn to Christ. We pray for David Lamons, who was admitted to St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis on October the 5th with leukemia. He is a 13-year-old. Lord, we continue to give you thanks and ask you to bless and heal Sean Earl Hudson as he continues to improve the son of Roger and Ivy Hudson, who is now two months old. We pray for a troubled marriage of a sister and brother-in-law. We pray for Kristen Godwin and her children that you might keep them safe in your hands. We pray for Rod, who will be going for some diagnostic checks for an unexplained pain we pray for his physical and spiritual strength. We pray for Nell Griggs, Lynn Pennington's mother, who has found out this week that she has a 100% blockage in the front artery of her heart. Lord, we give you a praise report and a thanks for great test results for Donald Spearman. We pray for family members who are traveling we pray for the Reverend Lim Carter, who is in the last stages of pancreatic cancer. We pray for the Lindsay family and the Howard family, whose children were in a car accident Friday night. And we pray for the Reeve and Patrick family, whose son Adam died last Sunday. We give you thanks for a grandmother who is two years breast cancer free today. We ask your blessings and strength for Conrad and Beanie Robertson as they prepare for Beanie's upcoming surgery. We pray for healing and positive results for Beanie this week on Tuesday. We ask for your strength and presence with our troops in harm's way, their families and their loved ones. We pray for the Lindsay and Howard families. We pray for continuing care for Carl Gibson as he is recovering. And we pray for your strength and comfort for Mike Haas. Lord, these are our prayers for this day. That we pray in the name of Jesus who has taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Scripture reading for today is Matthew 23, verses 1 through 13. <clears throat> then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. 
They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. But you're not to be called rabbi, for you have only one master and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces... You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Here ends the lesson. Sometimes if you want to listen in on an interesting debate or look at the internet for a good debate, it is to listen to scholars and others as they debate whether or not Jesus intended to start a new religion or whether he simply meant to be a reformer of the religion he grew up in, Judaism. Especially at the beginning of his ministry was his hope that he could reform Judaism or did he at the very beginning set out to start a new religion? Whichever side someone takes in that uh, debate, it is obvious to everyone that Christianity is so deeply rooted in Judaism that the term Judeo-Christian is a very accurate expression uh, that is often used to talk about the mark that this heritage has placed upon the world. The Jews and Christians alike worship the same one God. We revere the same Ten Commandments. Heroes of the Hebrew culture are our heroes. Noah, Abraham, Moses, David. It could be argued that the Christian church is what resulted from Jesus' reformation of the Hebrew faith, much like the Protestant churches of today are the results of the work of Martin Luther's reformation that he attempted of the medieval church of his day. In fact, some of Jesus' objections to the uh, eras of the church of his day could easily be translated into the Uh, criticisms of the church of the Middle Ages. Someone has said that the passage of scripture that I read a few minutes ago from Matthew 23 sounds like it ought to be shouted or yelled rather than just read. And I think that's an accurate way. It sounds like Jesus is clearly angry at uh, and expressing his uh, outrage as he shares these words. Uh, One of Jesus' criticisms of his faith community was that the leaders didn't practice what they preached. As outsiders often say about you and me in the church, sometimes hypocrisy is all too evident in God's people. Jesus said that the leaders of his church sit in Moses' seat of authority and therefore they and their office should be respected. 
but their behavior shouldn't be copied. Many pastors and lay people suffered from moral failures in the Middle Ages, and unfortunately, human beings occupy those roles today, and we still sometimes fail people, don't we? Jesus' words remind us how important it is to watch how we live and how we talk. As someone has said, if you really want to know what somebody believes, don't watch their lips, watch their feet. Good word to remember. Now I want to be very careful here that you don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say or that you think that I'm trying to tell you to somehow project an artificial Christian image out of yourselves to the world so that you really become a phony. I'm really not saying that. I want you to remember that the very word hypocrite means actor. Jesus said don't be an actor. Don't act like something. Be who you are. So Jesus doesn't really call us to be anything other than we really are ourselves. But he also calls on us to allow him to remake us constantly in his image so that who we are and what we say are really uh, what we project to the world. You see, there's a big difference between being an open, admittedly fallible human being who follows Jesus and a hypocrite who puts on a plastic smile and an artificial holy air trying to act like a Christian when they're in public, when they're someone different in private. Sincerity, being ourselves as we follow Jesus, is all that God wants out of us. But you know, we do remember that we have some uh, choices to make in how we live. We can choose to hold our tongues and keep our cool rather than blowing off steam at everybody we encounter. One of the funniest things I remember hearing years ago was about the person that honked a horn at somebody in front of them, and the person put the car in park and got out and came back and just cussed out that person behind them that had blown the horn. And finally the person behind said, you know, you've got a bumper sticker that says honk if you love Jesus. That's why I honked. Be careful what you broadcast. The second thing that Jesus said needed to be reformed in his faith community was that leaders needed to stop placing heavy loads on the backs of people and start instead helping them to lift the load that life gives them to bear day by day. Now that's a loaded down bicycle right there, folks. Dr. Thomas Long, who is a professor of preaching down at Candler School of Theology at Emory, explained that the burdens that the Pharisees imposed on people uh, were these. He used these words, a myriad of rules, standards, directives, and the whole process easily degenerated into moral bean counting. The procedures were so cumbersome that no human being could possibly accomplish them No one could ever hope to keep the full weight of all the laws and carry the heavy freight of this ethical load, not even the scribes and the Pharisees themselves. The pre-Reformation church in the Middle Ages could have been similarly criticized. It was a church that had tried absolutely to control human behavior through intimidation and fear. Roland Bainton wrote in his book, 
the best sellers of this period of history were not how to see Rome, but how to avoid going to hell. The church played alternatively upon fear and hope that people might either be too complacent or too petrified to avail themselves of the means of grace. He wrote that when the fear of hell called people to despair, purgatory was invented as a way of relief. When the belief in purgatory caused some people to become lazy and complacent, then they turned up the heat in purgatory to make it almost as hot as the fires of hell. Whenever the church begins to try to manipulate and control people that way, and when faith becomes nothing more than a load of rules to carry on our backs, instead of something to help us live day by day and lift the load off of our backs, it's time for us to seek another reformation because Jesus came to lift the burdens. He said, come unto me, all of you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus also tried to reform his religion so that people would do the right things for all the right reasons. Prayer is a wonderful thing. It is communing with God. But Jesus saw too many people praying just so they could impress somebody else. Jesus' cure for that was go into your private closet and close the door and pray there. God only will see you then. You'll really be praying. Fasting is a good discipline. But Jesus said, don't let anybody know when you're fasting and going without food. Just let God know. People were encouraged in those days to wear leather pouches on their foreheads and shoulders that contained scriptures constantly reminding them of God's laws. But soon, people began decorating those pouches, those phylacteries, and they became fashion statements to show how religious you were or to get special seats at banquets. You know, not everybody that wears a gold chain and a cross in our culture today is making a statement of their own personal faith. Not everybody who wears a clerical collar is an ordained minister either. I know someone who said he found out he could get a 10% discount if he wore one of those collars to the Pizza Hut. <clears throat> Jesus said, do your good deeds so that only God can see you and God will reward you. Whenever our religion becomes something we do in order to look good to others, it's lost all of its value and there's another reformation that needs to happen. The next thing that Jesus tried to reform in the church was the hierarchical structure within it. It bothered Jesus that some religious leaders demanded the degree of respect and loyalty that ought to be reserved for God alone. His demand that we not call anyone father here on earth was not a prohibition against calling uh, children calling their mama's partner uh, their mama's uh, husband, daddy, or father. And it really isn't saying that we, that we shouldn't call a minister father if that's a tradition you were raised in. What Jesus is talking about is not the words, but the attitude, the, the putting of someone in authority, a place of authority in your lives that they have no business uh, being there. God only needs to be in that place. We are to be obedient and, uh, and subservient to God and not to any religious entity. 
you and I can approach the throne of God ourselves. We don't have to go through some human being. Although a good church and a good pastor will do everything they can to help you get directly connected to Almighty God. There's nothing wrong with you listening to and admiring a good teacher and following everything that they say to do. But a good religious teacher will always remind you who the real teacher is. Jesus, our Messiah. Jesus was saying that no one needs to occupy the place in our lives that really only needs to be occupied by God or God's Messiah. How many cult groups have we seen in my lifetime go off the deep end, blindly following their leader, their teacher, their father? The blind loyalty of these people to their leaders is a frightening thing, and that's what Jesus tells us to avoid. We are to be equals among servants, Jesus said. And the greatest one among us is the one who is the servant of everyone else. And we look to God as our Father. Back when my children were quite young, they became fans of a band known as Hanson. Some of you young adults remember that group? I see you grinning out there. You wouldn't admit it now, but you liked them. <clears throat> one of their songs that I really liked was called The Man from Milwaukee. And it was their way of poking a little fun at these religious groups that blindly follow these ridiculous leaders that, that tell them to do all these things. And in their song, they said, It started at a bus stop in the middle of nowhere. Sitting beside me was a man with no hair. From the look on his face and the size of his toes, he comes from a place that nobody knows. He says where he comes from is called Albertane. There they use more than 10% of their brain. But you couldn't tell it from the way they behave. They run around in underwear and they never shave. Maybe I'm hallucinating, hyperventilating, letting this big-toed ball man sitting here tell me about the sky. Maybe I'm hallucinating, hyperventilating. If you ask me now, I couldn't tell you why. Don't give anyone that kind of authority in your life, Jesus said. The Protestant Reformation that we celebrate this day was all about the priesthood of believers as a way of saying that we are one another's pastors and shepherds and priests and we don't need to exalt anyone above anyone else. If you're ever taken to a church where their leader has that much power, be sure that you can see an exit sign and head for it. Jesus concluded his fiery sermon by reminding us of what the business of the church should be all about. We are to be those who help others find their way into God's kingdom. We are to open wide the doorway to God's grace so that people may enter. But Jesus said that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees all too often were not themselves focused on entering the kingdom and they kept locking the door to the kingdom in people's faces, shutting the door so that no one could get in. Now those words this week caused me to do a great deal of personal reflection. It caused me to ask myself, am I focused on living in God's kingdom 
where his will is my will and his attitudes are becoming my attitudes? Or do I have my own little set of pet doctrines and projects that are really more important to me than anything else and I put them in front of God's kingdom and it keeps somebody out? The doorway to the kingdom is faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Do we subtly add more requirements to that, not realizing it? Did you know that most of the churches of Methodism are divided among socioeconomic and racial lines still today? I wonder who we have shut out of God's kingdom just because they don't feel comfortable with us because perhaps they're richer than us or not as rich as us or a different color. Woe unto me when I am not seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and woe unto me if my actions and attitudes are keeping some people out of the church. Maybe I'm afraid that new people will mean that my church will change and won't be like it is today, and so I just keep the door to new people shut. Lord Jesus, help our words and our deeds be one. Help us to be about the task of lifting people's burdens rather than loading them down with rules and guilt. Help us be real. Cause us to look to you alone as our leader and example. And forgive us when we shut the door to your kingdom in someone's face. Amen. Oops. I invite you to stand with me now as we affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He We invite you to be seated, and we've got some uh, familiar old hymns. No, 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 no. no stand up. Stand oh, up. <laughs> sorry, stand up. I get used to this. That she overrules me most of the time. I'm
us sing one more together before we close today. so you can stay and greet one another now. There's probably some goodies back there at the table still, and if you don't beat the Baptists to the cafeteria today, it's not my fault. <laughs> and now may you go in peace, and may Jesus be the one who reforms your lives and mine, that we might truly reflect his love in our world. Amen. Have a great week.